It's Monday, April 25th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Kentwell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode 252. Man, I love saying those big numbers. And today we're talking metaverse and maybe a few other things on the show with us this morning. Old friend, uh, co-worker, uh, technologist, Jeremy Goulder, and he brought a friend. Do you want to introduce him real quick? And then we'll Yeah, get I'd be happy to. Yeah, yeah. Sorry for talking over. I'd be happy to. So yeah, I brought my friend and, and, uh, and colleague Edward Zemba from uh, Link to VR. He's president and CEO of an ARVR, I guess, XR business solutions company. So Ed, thanks for joining the conversation today. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, we're looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We're on a little bit of a tight timeline, uh, so we can just jump right into it. Typically, uh, Sir Edward, uh, we were joking about his name before the show, uh, but <laughs> typically we start with a today in tech history, uh, but we'll just we'll just get right into it. Why are you guys working together? Is there is there something coming up that you guys are doing? And give me give me a little background of what's going on here. Yeah, so sure. yeah, go ahead. No, Jeremy, go ahead. you want to take that? No, it's all yours, Jeremy. All yours, my friend. If you guys don't mind, we'll just spend this whole conversation just talking over each other. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, so you know, Ed and I, we've been working together for several years, you know, in spatial computing, and we do have. We were talking just before the show started. There is a little event coming up in, in a week called Dell Technologies World, um, where Ed and his team from Link to VR are producing a, a really, a really interesting hybrid experience for the for the um, for the show. So. You know, we've been working really closely around that, but, you know, we talk a lot both in and outside of that work. And, um, you know, just recently um, I was talking to a colleague, you know, and he, uh, I brought up the metaverse and, and as soon as I brought up that word, like his whole demeanor kind of changed and he started talking about Mark Zuckerberg. And I thought it was so interesting how the term metaverse was so closely coupled in his mind with Mark Zuckerberg, even though, you know, we all know the metaverse is at least the concept of the metaverse has been around for decades. So. I, you know, I was interested in Ed, your kind of take on why you think that is so, you know, outside of the, you know, the publicity with CNN several months ago, why you think that's so strong and like what your take is around metaverse. I guess I'll start it there. Yeah, no, sure. Absolutely. Again, I just want to say thank you for having, uh, having me on guys. Uh, it's, it's been a blast kind of listening to some of your past conversations. Uh, you know, I, I did some catching up with your metaverse previous discussion, uh, where you guys touched on a number of elements. Um, and and uh, as far as what, you know, Jeremy's referencing now, I, I would agree that Zuckerberg, you know, he decided that, you know, it would be in his best interest and, of course, his organization's best interest to tie into this whole, you know, shift towards XR and, and the metaverse to a level that I think is far beyond what even some of his supporters would have expected. Um by renaming the entire company uh, Meta, which is saying something, and, and that was his whole point was to to try to get across that that he wasn't only trying to speak to consumers and to the business community and to you know to the world as a whole, but specifically to his team uh, and to the folks that work at what you know was Facebook. So, as far as getting across the importance of the mission, I think it was in many ways a pretty bold and maybe it'll turn out to be a pretty fantastic move. We'll see. Um, but as a, as a, as kind of a result of that, <laughs> there's a little bit of this sense of, of Zuckerberg inventing the metaverse, which of course is definitely not the case. As a matter of fact, I had a call about two days after the announcement uh, with another large enterprise organization <laughs> that has been playing in the metaverse world for a little while. And they had some choice words about that mindset. So the bottom line is that it's been around for a long time. You know, Snow Crash is where Metaverse came from. But I mean, the concept, of course, 
you know, predates that. But um, I mean, I, I, I'm interested in what some of you, what you guys think from your perspective, you know, I live in this world each and every day. So from your perspective, what are your thoughts on, you know, Zuckerberg's choice to go down that path? I, well, I think before all, we volunteer opinions, I actually have a quick question for you. Which is, sure. Do you think it will work? Do you think that Zuckerberg kind of coming in that heavy handed and just saying, boom, we are meta, we are the metaverse, yeah. like will, you know, the, the court of public opinion sort of gravitate towards him and be like, well, yeah, they, they invented it. I think that it, it it's definitely up the ante, you know, for everyone. Um, and it has disrupted the market uh, to a, a pretty, pretty significant level. There are other organizations out there that have definitely experienced a loss of talent because of what he's done, um, where he's been pulling That's talent really from a point. lot of, yeah, he's and he's been successful at it, very yeah. successful actually, um, at least to date. I mean, he, he and obviously he was, he was hiring ten thousand uh, individuals for, for the metaverse, and wow. you know he's not the only one, you know, really making these large announcements. I mean, if you look at Epic, they're up to two billion dollars, you know, with with what they've raised to go after their metaverse play, um, with you know Sony and Lego of all organizations stepping yeah, up and that's awesome. Know, I mean, Right. And I mean, but if you look at the success of some of the world that Lego has been dealing with over oh, the last gosh, yeah. decade, it makes sense that they would start leaning in. I mean, maybe some would argue that maybe they waited a little too long to start, you know, uh, leaning in. But um, yeah. but the bottom line is, I think I I don't think that'll be the reason he succeeds. I think that it'll be a part of it if he does. But I think it's really going to come down to the bigger decisions that are being made behind the scenes by all these players. And they're all in right now. Every single big player, Google, Apple, you know, Dell, uh, you know, Microsoft, Facebook, just keep yeah. going down the list. They're all in this space right now trying to make sure that they don't become the next, you know, Kodak story or somebody where yeah. they're on the flip side, on the on the wrong side of this transition. I guess if we were standing here yelling at clouds and telling kids to get off our lawn, we'll probably be on the wrong side of that historic. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty sure I've seen that one before. You know, you asked the question, what, what do we think about it? I'll, I'll start. I think I've, I've spoken, I've at least spoken about this in some form of forum at some point might've been our own. My, my entire thought on Facebook's or Meta's uh, really Mark's view and entry into the metaverse space is is I think that there's there's two sides to this, right? There's success and failure. I think failure would come in the event that he can't overcome some of the brand challenges that that he has in the space. I think he he needs those those early adopters to kind of drive that maturation curve for him to be successful. However, I do also believe that he has one distinct advantage that the rest of the large players that you mentioned, Ed, do not have, and that He's is a that robot lizard. Is that he is a sleep? robot lizard? You took it right out <laughs> he of. He doesn't my mouth. sleep. <laughs> well, he I'm is sorry. a robot <laughs> lizard kidding. who is still the founder of his organization. Yeah, and I believe sure. that the the founder aspect that he has, and sort of the maybe it's the veracity or just the raw commitment that he has to this idea of transforming, we'll just say Meta, into the next phase of its life is something that that influence doesn't exist at the same level anywhere else. Because if you watch most companies, you know, they go from startup phase 
they become unicorns, they eventually become a success story, but then they eventually replace their CEO with someone who's a little bit more adept to work through that maturation curve of just a business. Facebook hasn't done that. And I'm not saying Mark can't run an effective business. My point is, is that Mark is a builder of things and he will throw crazy amounts of, as we've already seen, money, equity, assets, whatever you want to call it at this problem. And I think that's a unique advantage in the fact that regardless of what starts going on with Facebook, regardless of how much money it takes, he's going to press forward. And that's something that I think is more important to closely watch than, than really anything else. Yeah. Edward, did we meet before? I feel like I've met you in an event, a link to VR, um, like a consulting event or something. Your voice sounds really familiar. No, no, I uh, absolutely possible, Aaron. Um, I, we do a fair amount of onboarding folks into the metaverse, actually, so it's absolutely awesome. possible. Uh, and you're definitely familiar. Your photograph actually uh, um, looks familiar. So, uh, okay. so who knows? Yeah, and, and maybe it was in the metaverse, you know, that we uh, connected. So, um, I will add this: that from a standpoint of competition, one of the, you know, I think two of the big competitors that that. Um, Meta is going to be up against in a in a really significant way. Will be Microsoft, in, you know, is and will be even more so Microsoft. Uh, and then, interestingly, um, you know, ByteDance uh, recently purchased Pico, um, and oh, they, wow. of course, own TikTok. So, yeah. you know, which is the fastest growing platform in the world. So, I think that you know, from social media standpoint. So, I think that um, that Pico. Th- Pico being so, a VR headset maker, is that right? You got I was it. Say, yes. Yeah. Okay. That's, yep. That's their and they're a name, right? Very similar um, form factor to the Quest Two. Um, so yeah, yeah. there's a lot of similar. And the biggest challenge Pico had was, and they still have, honestly, right now, is they don't have the ecosystem that um, Meta has built. You know, they right. have successfully built that ecosystem so that once you invest in the question, you now get access to all these really great, uh, you know, all these great applications. Now, what right. Microsoft has, though, that is really unique, and you mentioned this earlier, you know, you talked about the reputation and the branding side of it. Microsoft has, especially an enterprise, they have the respect and the support of enterprise globally. Even people that complain and, right. you know, vent oh, about yeah. how frustrating it is and everything else, they still invest in it because they just... They're so immersed into that technology and their vision with uh, Mesh for Teams on the the platform from Microsoft, their concept simply is that basically we can all be together and all meeting at the same time, regardless of device. So whether that's, you know, you're using a cell phone, your desktop, your headset, your anything, a single sign-on event where all of us can feel like we're actually in the same place at the same time, mm. regardless of what device we're, do- we're using. That is something that's really unique to Mesh and Microsoft. And I and I feel like, you know, Zuckerberg's, you know, he's all in on VR, which is great. And that's fantastic. But that's only a piece of the equation when it comes to the metaverse. The metaverse really is something that we're going to um, access with many different devices. VR will just be the most immersive of all those devices. Yeah, that's a really good point, too, because I, I wouldn't have considered that giving Microsoft so much of an advantage, but they they really are 
so ingrained, as you say, in business productivity. Mm-hmm. And if if you make meta the metaverse a productivity platform as well, which I think is inevitable, even if that wasn't the slant, right? Then then yeah, it makes them a grill in the room. But they also have a mature marketplace. They right. have been in, and that uh, is also a huge consideration in the space. And I, I'd say at this point, I'm not sure if you don't have a mature marketplace, how easy it's going to be to fight all of those entities that do. Um, yep. Yeah, and then, that's, that's then we have, sorry, go ahead. Am I the only person here who hadn't heard of Mesh from Microsoft Teams? Or are we just going to play this off like that? No. Was dropped <laughs> no was, sorry about that, guys. Okay. No, I, I was pulling I, it up. As, as oh, you mentioned gosh. it, I Googled it. I remembered we talked about it very briefly. Uh, I remember the announcement of it, but we haven't gone back and covered it in depth. No. Yeah, it's, it seems like we're we're lacking our our senior field VR correspondent <laughs> on here. To, sure. Or XR, XR. I apologize. Sorry, Daniel. I know you're going to listen to this. XR, not VR. Um, no, if it makes if it makes anybody feel better, especially those who might be listening who are a little bit lost and trying to make heads or tails of this new transition that we're going into this spatial computing universe. First and foremost, it's still relatively new. It's still a space that it is completely understandable. Folks are are, are working hard to to kind of get their head around. Um, Even those who work in the world of building the metaverse, the the folks that are in those Fortune 50 uh, enterprise organizations, even the leadership in those spaces, they're trying to figure out how to best position their organization to make sure that they're, they have a competitive advantage. But I mean, I can give you some causes, some examples of organizations that have leaned in, you know, Accenture uh, purchased 60,000, you know, six zero, 60,000 headsets for their staff and for their customers, uh, you know, wow. to be able to really position themselves strongly. They have a really close relationship with organizations like Microsoft, with Microsoft Mesh, because they're trying to stay ahead of the curve and make sure they're positioned well for as mesh takes hold and folks are more comfortable diving in and out of you know these spaces and, and being in the metaverse. And Gates actually not that long ago stated, and I personally this is pretty aggressive, but you know, I, I don't know. I mean he, I I like to think he probably has access to information that I don't, but uh, Bill Gates said <laughs> that in three years he believes the majority of um enterprise level um, collaboration will be in the metaverse, Ooh. which is one heck of a statement to make. Yeah. If you think about that. That is, you know, and now my take is five to seven years, maybe, but interestingly in his book on the road ahead, he stated that, and this is the funny part, because it'll be interesting how, how this plays out for him. He stated that people tend to overestimate where we're going to be in five years and underestimate where we're going to be in 10. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, so he, so I, think I think he's the one. I think he's yeah. the one overestimating here. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> no, yeah. but just in yeah. general, yeah. yes, it tends to be this exponential curve. Everything's moving faster and faster. I mean, guys, think about this. Just think. Think. Every one of us has worked in some capacity in a consulting fashion with other businesses. Do we really think that in just call it five years, we're going to have the majority of interactions happening? through some form of digital entity that's not Microsoft, just Teams, normal 2D stuff that we've done for the last two years in the pandemic. It, it just seems incredibly unlikely. It depends I will on how say, you define I, it, right? I, and if, if they're saying all meetings, if, if 80, if basically it'll be 80% of meetings, right? Not all, in, or were you saying all human interaction? No, he was, he was saying oh. he would technically be 51%. Like he was saying, okay. he was saying just meetings, there'll though, be right? more, 
remote or, collaboration. However, yeah, you yeah, find that. Yeah, remote, he's basically remote defining collaboration. His, right. Look, you, yeah. you said it in a in a in a Lego Star Wars universe, and I'm there. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Oh I haven't even considered yeah. that. I'm just yeah. uh, sign me up. No, well, I, look, look, we were on a call. Okay, Jeremy and I were on a call literally, I don't know, three or four days ago, and we're in the middle of this business call. It's a very it was a it was a good business call. It was a very positive, but it was also like very business. Like we were we were getting a lot done in a very short period of time. And all of a sudden I looked to the left because I was doing a presentation on one screen, and off to my left it were the videos. And here I am, like focusing. This is, you know, these are very high-level executives making very important decisions. And I'm talking, and all of a sudden I look to my left to go get some notes, and there's a fox talking on my screen. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, seriously talking, like in a in a serious voice, like trying to make a point. And I and, and I'm staring at this fox going, what the hell? What did his kid leave that on? I'm like, what? That's how did it? Awesome. And I'm like staring. It reminds at me of the, then, the judge right. cat problem we had. Yes, no, early, it was just that. Early it pandemic. Was exact, oh, that's but, fantastic. But this was totally intentional. I mean, yeah. like, I'm, I'm like, I'm looking at the thing and I'm, and then I'm like, and then they ask me a question. I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, but I'm a little distracted right now. And they're like, what? And and he's like, like his, his expression was literally like, what? Like that was his face as a fox. Yeah. And he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm looking at a fox on my screen. I'm like, and he just starts laughing. And then, of course, behind him is a guy on top of the fox. On top of that, behind him is a guy peeking around the corner, okay? Like, as if he's, like, checking out what he's doing. Because he's got one of those damn video backgrounds on top of it. Like, every five seconds, he pops his head in, pops his head out. And I'm like, (laughs) so distracting. So so now, if five years ago, any of us had tried to predict that, Okay, <laughs> that, that was going to happen that day, at that time, in the middle of that meeting. I mean, so what I'm saying is, is that who really knows exactly? But what I will say is this: that w- the metaverse is, is, you know, it's it, there are a lot of different folks defining it different ways. I personally think Microsoft has the best handle on it. I oh. think largely because they've been at it the longest, as far as all the enterprise level organizations that are out there. They've certainly been the most public about it, and. They uh, believe they see it uh, as more of something that we will access more like that. Like that'll be a version of the metaverse effectively where we'll have these different avatars and everything else. And they'll live like, like we're saying, like in the, in Star Wars type settings and everything else slash, you'll be able to put on a pair of glasses slash, you'll be able to get access to it through your cell phone, slash, you know, so on and so forth. That's the concept. I, I think what's happened is a lot of folks have done exactly where, you know, Jeremy kicked us off as they think metaverse and they go, oh, you put on a VR headset. That's the only that's the only version of it. That is the most immersive version. It's really just a matter of opacity as far as the world around you as to what that how we're going to define that metaverse. Because there's a whole augmented reality side to this thing where, you know, we're having a meeting like this and we're all in the living room together and we're sitting around talking to each other as basically as holograms. And we all feel that sense of presence and the connectivity as if we're together, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a VR headset on. That might be a set of AR glasses, or one of us might be just holding a cell phone. So is spatial computing a subcomponent of the metaverse? Is it a feature of it, or is it? It's a great, great question. So the way I would approach that is the first thing I would do is take a step back for a second and just kind of help, especially for the listeners. First and foremost, I'm a big fan of just kind of getting some definitions down, right? So spatial computing and extended reality have effectively become the two most used 
terms that that represent this new um, technological shift we're seeing take place. So the best way that my my wife always says, you know, stop getting all technical. Just tell them it's like Tony Stark's and what he's clipping the air and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, that really is. I mean, when you look at the the, the Marvel series and you look at with Tony Stark's and some of the 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 latest movies that have actually featured AR, uh, you know, glasses. That is where we're headed. The concept of digitizing the space around us. That's where the concept of spatial computing comes from. So anything to do with digitizing the space around us, that represents spatial computing. So that could be in the way of a VR headset. You look around and now you're seeing everything around you has changed and you feel a complete change in sense of presence. So you now feel like you're literally on the Death Destroyer, okay? Or you're in the Millennium Falcon or whatever it is that you are really wanting to experience. You feel like you're actually there. That's that's virtual reality. Then you go to augmented reality, which is sort of on the other end, where now you're still in the physical world you're in. You're looking around your kitchen. Your kitchen is still there. But Obi-Wan Kenobi is standing right next to your kitchen table, okay? And he is about to explain to you how you could save 15% on your car insurance, okay? Because that is where we're headed, whether we like it or not. Okay, yeah, that is don't forget the adverts. where we're headed, That's okay? Right. And that is augmented reality, okay? So those are the kind of two extremes, which really has to do with just the opacity of your environment as far as how you're seeing it. But it's, it's, it's digitizing the space around us, and that's spatial computing. And then extended reality, the reason we kind of went with that one as an, as an industry is it's it's a way of being able to say XR because that's sort of the umbrella term for all the other acronyms we like to play around with, which is VR for virtual reality, AR for augmented reality, and MR for mixed reality. And somebody finally said, we've got to come up with something that brings these together, and that's extended reality. So that's kind of the umbrella term for these. And then what I would say is that the metaverse is sort of, believe it or not, over the last five years or so, that was always talked about as kind of a, a piece of it, but that became obviously mainstream over the last eight months or so. So I would say that it's it's a way of bringing all of this together in a in a in a world that will twin the physical world that we're in. Yeah. Do Do you think there's a a threat of the what I I expect to be at least sometimes heavy-handed monetization of these platforms, right? We made jokes about the advertising, but I'm, I'm thinking back 10, 15, 20 years and, and thinking like, well, when we first adopted social media platforms, we were not immediately inundated with the monetization side of the platform. We kind of used the connectivity as a gateway drug to not be able to leave it. And then when they put advertisements into it, either they were acceptable enough at that point that that we just rolled with it or we didn't have a choice or or at least we didn't have a perceived choice to leave your business platform or your you know family friend platform it do you think there's a threat in this new world order of the advertising being there right at the beginning and that being a huge turnoff to people well i, th- I think if you look at snapchat for example that and and i am by no means an expert at snapchat if we want to bring on an expert i will absolutely be happy to book a future appointment with my daughter. Yeah, find the nearest uh, twelve year old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she school all of us, and, and wow, I mean, it's just amazing, and the how proficient <laughs> she is at that platform. 
um, and her friends, right? Uh, so what I would say is that, of course, a lot of folks that use Snapchat all day long, you know, have no idea that it's large. It's it's an augmented reality company. I mean, the whole premise was based on AR. They have their own AR glasses. I mean, they they fancy themselves as a camera company first, software company second. Um, it's it's really something if you actually read up on kind of their view on what they're where they're headed and where they are. And my point being is they didn't strongly monetize that platform from what I could see of it. Again, I am not professing to be a Snapchat expert, but that it definitely seemed like they, like you said, wanted to get the eyeballs first and get the 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 um the numbers up. That said, I would I would say that yeah, no, there's definitely concerns here about how this develops. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll take it a step beyond the monetization piece. You know, Jeremy and I were having a conversation the other day. I personally, one of the reasons I actually became involved in uh, XR in general is that I have some strong feelings about how the entertainment industry has evolved over the last um, 10 to 20 years. And that I'd been around long enough to remember there was a time period when TV shows, uh, and this does go back a little bit, but TV shows actually felt a certain obligation to sort of tell a story and to to stay within a certain realm of um, what they considered to be respectable or appropriate or whatever you want to call it. And somewhere along the line, you know, it was just decided that, you know, profits came first and that all those ideals and objectives were just not worth pursuing and they got tossed. And now it's just whatever it is to be as profitable as possible. And I'm, I'm obviously pro-business, but I do believe that organizations, especially like entire industries, have certain responsibilities to those that they're serving. And I believe that we could do better in the XR space when it comes to kids in particular. I would love to see us try to learn from some of the mistakes of the past and develop this platform in a manner that takes into consideration how immersive this is going to be for children that are going in and are experiencing things that are going to feel completely real as if they're actually there. So um, I'm I'm all for being smart about how this industry moves forward, both on the monetization side and on just the social responsibility piece. Yeah, well said. Um, for some reason, you triggered some thought in my brain. It's just super random, but I'd love to see some type of like Harvard Business Review on how MTV shifted away from music television in the mid to late '90s to just reality trash and. Yeah. branding and marketing and money chasing right anyway yeah and it's um, a, yeah it's yeah it's industry wide it's 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 just a constant it's somewhere along the lines as a society we just decided that was fine and and i right. and i think we have a new shot here with this next platform and it's up to us to decide as again as a society where we want it to go so i think the questions you're asking are spot on and we need to keep asking them so just so I know we have just a little bit of time left with you. I know, so Link to sure. VR does consulting. They do system integration, software and experience development and VR events. And I think that's where I met you. I think you were helping, Jeremy had set something up. Um, I know Shannon Champion was doing something with it. I can't remember exactly what it was for, but I was in a room with you and you were trying to teach us how to be in virtual reality. 
And to your earlier story yes. about the Fox, I think you were standing on stage <laughs> and I like snuck around and I'm standing on top of the speaker next to the stage, peering through the back <laughs> yeah. wall, looking at the projector screen that you guys yep. created behind the yep. wall. Yep. <laughs> and yep. I'm like, how yep. does this work? Yep. I'm like trying yep. to look yep. inside the gears of what you're doing. Yep. Oh, so, yeah. Anyway. I, um, I can see what why you get along with Jeremy so well. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So what do y'all have? What, what's your plans uh, for Dell Tech World? What's happening there? What are you guys working on? Sure. So here's what I'll say is that, as you can probably guess, because of all of our amazing friends in the enterprise space, uh, we have to be careful what we say, how we say it, all that good stuff. But what I can absolutely share is that we have some very, very exciting uh, developments that are going to be coming out literally next week. Um, and that uh, are definitely going to raise the bar in the in the metaverse space a little bit as far as what's possible. Um, and I would be very happy to come back sometime and talk a little bit about that. What I can say is, for instance, there are organizations like the Converged User Group, um, which is this amazing, amazing group uh, that That's helps. That's what it was. Uh, you That's got what it. The meeting was. They, yep. You got it. And yeah, they and they work with organizations of all sizes and and really help them with their technology needs, especially when it comes to the you know, data center and the things and just working in the HCI and you know, converged space in general. And this is where Jeremy could certainly speak a whole lot better than I can, but um, but there is a great organization. We have a privilege to do a number of events with them where we've hosted events uh, with the Converged User Group where we've been able to bring folks together from all over the world uh, and give them that sense of presence again uh, and even being able to visit you know, digital twins of very specific locations um, from different uh, organizations that are members of the Converged uh, user group. And that might even be a future, I don't know, I, I don't want to speak uh, for them, but, you know, you guys might want to knock on their door and see if they'd be open to coming on and sharing some of their stories of what they've what they've done in the metaverse. But they have definitely uh, been leaders in their space. And, um, you know, I'd love to see if they want to jump on sometime and maybe we could provide a few more details of, of how we're making that happen. Yeah, the, the other thing I'd say about that too, Ed, is you know you touched on it earlier in the conversation when you were talking about the way that you know the metaverse would even show up. Like you, it might be VR, but it doesn't have to be VR. You know, we could all be sitting around a living room using you know AR yep. glasses or whatever and, and feel that sense of presence. And you know, I think so much of with so much of the emphasis around virtual reality being metaverse, I think some of the what's what's missing from that conversation for me is that the future is really hybrid experiences. You know, whether it's it's not just VR, it's not just AR, it's really bringing these experiences together in conjunction with live audiences and people. In, in the real world as well. And I think that, you know, again, to Ed's point, like I can't, you know, divulge too much about what's coming next week at Dell Technologies World, but we will have experiences that you will be able to engage in a hybrid experience, whether you're physically, you know, in Las Vegas at the show or participating remotely from your home um, and be part of a joint hybrid experience taking on taking place at the same time. So I can, um, I can share a, a link or two later with this group if you want um, for people, for how people can participate with that remotely, even if they're not going to be participating um, from Las Vegas at the show next week. I'll be Very there. Cool. I'll try and, and check it out. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, to build off of uh, Jeremy's thoughts, and happy to answer Russ's uh, question as well um, about you know the platforms and, and Microsoft. But uh, real quick, as far as um, to to Jeremy's point, an example, a, a very simple example of how you can um, the the metaverse effectively can be scaled, if you will, uh, and that you can go beyond uh, your your traditional concept of putting a headset on. Um, with the Converged User Group, one of the elements that we've been working with them on, and 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 uh, and it's been an exciting growth uh, piece to the to the metaverse in general, is that we 
we stream live from the, the metaverse, which the platform that we actually utilize is Altspace VR, which again is owned by Microsoft. Um, there's lots of other platforms out there. There's a lot of great op uh, options. This one just happens to be extremely uh, powerful when it comes to the enterprise space. Uh, but we're able to stream uh, right from Altspace VR into Zoom uh, and give folks the opportunity to experience the metaverse in a very uh, uh, familiar platform. So whether that's Microsoft Teams or Zoom, they're able to actually just go into a space they're very comfortable with and then communicate and speak directly to folks that are inside uh, Altspace VR and experiencing it firsthand. Um, so that's one example that already exists of how you can kind of break out of the, the metaverse, if you will, and bring it into a traditional space. Um, and then the second piece is that Microsoft is absolutely paying attention to Russ's question about, you know, are you going to be exclusive to a specific platform or will it be cross-platform to be able to get access to the metaverse? And, I, and I, I believe what we're seeing sort of line up right now is probably a similar platform war to what we've seen in the past. And it looks like Microsoft is going to be pivoting towards um, being um, uh, sort of device agnostic. So they're, they're going to be looking to try to become the preferred mesh would become the preferred um, platform and, and basis for, for multiple devices. Like they're working with Samsung right now and they're work, looking to work with others, including actually Quest 2 uh, and, and Meta uh, to be able to, to try to have mesh be kind of cross-platform, which will be interesting to see how that plays out relative to Apple's announcement, which is expected early 2023, which most folks expect to be more of a typical Apple approach of keeping it within their ecosystem. So I think we're going to see a little bit of, you know, kind of an all of the above approach, but I think on the Microsoft side, you're going to see that they're very open to working with other partners. Yeah. the uh, I, I like that. It, the, I like well, the sound of that future. I think it has to be, I mean, well, I think the inevitability is that it's going to be a bit of both as yeah. with most things, because everyone's going to have their own opinion on how to do stuff. But it, when I think of this as a, from a business solutions perspective, you know, whenever you have, if I think of one of our customer advisory board sessions, you know, we have, if we don't do it in person, uh, which we are currently, but <clears throat> if we do it virtual, like we did for the last two years, we have, 20 different organizations, you know, in the room. Same thing if I'm on, you know, doing one of my Dell technology advisor, you know, sessions, there's there's 20 different organizations in the room. It's pretty easy to, to deal with, you know, installing Zoom or Teams or, or whatever it is. It, it becomes different when there's this hardware compatibility layer with like a unique headset design that works or doesn't work with certain aspects of it. So it'll be interesting to see how that sort of, grows and is built to fruition. I mean, it's a, it's a solvable problem. It's something that's not necessarily overly difficult. We just have to be intentional with with trying to do that. Like, for instance, building a standard, which if if you listen to the show, I'm a very big fan of standards when it comes to technology. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's the part that we usually don't agree on, yeah. though, right? So it's like, if we come down to building a standard, then this will be an easy problem to solve. If we yep. don't build a standard, then, you know, I think we're in for a, a bit of a mess for a while until we figure out how to get everything to work together. Yeah, and the worst part yeah, of that is yeah. that having not having a standard out of the gate and and sort of failing to standardize is going to be a turnoff for people. It's going to slow adoption. And oh yeah. And so the sure. irony, of course, is you have fewer people as a result of the way you're adopting this, but arguably higher margins. You know, for the for the folks that sort of win the standard war. So, unfortunately, I think you're right that inevitably it's going to be a little choppy for a while. I, I think it is going to be it, it, it's going to be 
quite the spectator sport for, for a little while where we're going to see a lot of very large organizations making significant bets and investments and trying to position themselves, you know, properly. I, I am very much pro cross platform. Uh, I think that it, everybody wins with that. I also agree wholeheartedly about standards as we were talking about earlier, both for the platform and also for how that platform um, evolves and how, what, what we do with the platform itself, you know, there's just so many incredible opportunities that this represents from an educational and training standpoint. You know, one of the last things I'll share is, you know, there's all this talk about AI, right. And the fact that AI is this just so it's just such an incredible concept and it is so powerful. And then, you know, you get into the whole singularity discussion and where are we headed and all this stuff. Well, XR has the ability to, in some ways, give humans, all of us, the physical people on this planet, sort of superpowers, right? Like we can absolutely use this technology in a way to augment who we are and our ability to learn and our ability to fast track that learning process. You know, we had a process that we were using uh, inside of All Space VR to train folks that would take about 10 minutes to train with each and every time we would do it. And then Microsoft made an update where we could literally just click one button and then the folks that were inside the metaverse, inside Allspace, could just look down their hands and see it. And we took, a, a, it took literally something that was taking us about 10 minutes to explain and walked people through to about a minute and a half and no, how long brilliant. it now takes us, right? So it, th that is transformative, you know, and, you know, Ford Motor Company, they, they announced that there was a project that they did with, uh, that I think it used to take them four months to do the same training that now takes them two weeks. So, you know, there are just tremendous upsides to this. We just got to make sure we use it for the right reasons and that we work together. And the last thing I'll say on it is the sense of community that you're able to experience inside the metaverse. Okay. The fact that when we were in an event not long ago where there were 12 countries represented and there was this group of folks talking in a language I couldn't I couldn't even identify language I'm not speaking language I'm just I'm just standing there trying to talk to them I'm like man and they they turned they could tell I was like a little bewildered and in English they said well come on over you know and, you know they said hello and you could tell they were trying to be welcoming so of course I went over and said hello and we just started chatting um and they had none of them knew each other but they had heard that they one or two of them were talking language and they all just grouped up and they had this spontaneous, organic conversation, just kind of bumping into each other in the metaverse, all exchanged information, all made connections. And then went off from there in a way that could never be possible really any other way, because none of them, they were all over the world. They weren't, although they could speak the same language, they were distributed all over the world, but they made that connection in such a powerful way. And they, and they and we talked about it. How they felt it was meaningful, and they felt like they were all together and actually hanging out together in a way that was really that that, that left an impression on them that the only thing they could compare it to was meeting in person. So you know that's the power of this platform, and hopefully that can be used in a way to bring us together, you know, as a world in a manner that we've never experienced before, especially as all the geopolitical stuff we're dealing with today. If we can all maybe get together. The thing about avatars, you can be whatever color skin you want. You can hair, gender, you know, you can do all of the bug and it takes away all the things like you're forced to be one thing. You could choose to be whatever you want to be in that space. 
And that, in like some ways, is a level setter. You got beat me yeah, to it. Exactly. I was waiting. I didn't want to interrupt it. I was waiting. I was being so polite, but not yeah, exactly. Like yep. Jeremy, yep. that's how podcasts work. You have to interrupt. Yep. It just works yes, like that. Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, so, but thanks, I guys. Think, yeah, I think you have to go. Yeah. I'll just drop something out there if you want to answer it, or you can head out and come back. We'd love to have you rejoin sure. the show. But I'm super curious how this is going to affect education. If any of your services, if any of your conversations, your consulting sure. is anywhere in the in the public or private education space uh up to you if you want to answer that or choose to take it on the next call yeah i'll leave you with this thought and i'll say yes it is in the process of transforming education as we speak uh we've been working with education for the last five or six years uh along with the medical space as well with children who have dealt with horrendous challenges in the hospital there are all sorts of applications of this technology that are really uh exciting and profound and education is definitely one of the most prominent. So happy to come back and talk a little bit more about that and some of the use cases that we're seeing. Oh, we'd love to have you back on. This is this has been a really fun call. Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll echo that sentiment for joining us. Um, Edward, Jeremy, thanks for bringing him along. It's fantastic. But uh, I think we have hit time today. Everybody's got stops. So that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks again, guys. Thanks again, listeners. We've Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did, and we'll talk to you soon. We hope to have you guys back on the show to talk more about this. I, I think we could you know, speak on these terms ad nauseum, and that would be just fine with the Tech Breakfast crew. So, peace. Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you. Later. Bye.